The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is all things elite. Welcome back to all things elite. Load up the pod, man. It's on when we speak. Rich right here, let me warm it up for Austin and Floyd. Couldn't be no one but the boys. When it come to all things elite from the fan perspective, swear, man, it ain't no question. Here from first, swear, man, they putting in the work. No, they had to get me for the verse. Social suplex networks on. I was at a time in your headphones. Austin and Floyd on the microphone. Backing out on the red, getting in the zone. Up the show, give it seven stars. You already know who else could it be but the show with the proclivity for a positivity. I'm gone. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 220th episode of Social Suplexes podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to all things elite. My name is Austin Somewhat. I am the host of this lovely show, and joining with me, as always, is my co-host and my partner, my good friend, Mr. Floyd Johnson Jr. My man, how are you doing? Hail to the victors. I am doing well. Uh, I, I am doing well. I've had a, a pretty good week. Um, that You know, I know. Everybody's like, oh, you start off with sports talk. But, you know, my Chiefs basically gave it everybody the week off and still won the game. So yep. you can't uh, can't ask for anything more. This is the first show of the new year, so I'm excited yes. about that. Uh, all my teams are undefeated in the new year, so I'll take that. Um, no, but um, no, I'm, I'm really excited about 2024. I got my London trip all in again this year and looking forward to that. Going to two AEW Dynamites next uh, month uh, because I married the perfect woman. Uh, she, yeah. uh, uh, so they have a Dynamite on February 14th. And I uh, I got the day off and I was like, because I wanted to you know, spend with my wife. And I was like, so do you want to do romantic stuff? I actually made a reservation for a, a dinner in case she said yes to that. Or I was like, or do you want to go to a wrestling show? And and I was like, I mean, don't feel pressure to go to wrestling show. I go to wrestling shows all the time. It's not a big deal. She's like, no, I want to go to wrestling show. She, she I was like, ah. and I and I looked there in her eye, and I was like, you know, every now and then you remind me that I married the, the perfect woman for me. And I'm like, it's it, it, it like because it's like, like I, there's no reason for her to say yes or that she wants to go to the wrestling show, but she does. She likes dynamite. She likes live wrestling. She won't. She really doesn't watch it at home. Like very rarely, I'd have to, you know, be in the living room taking over the TV for her to watch it at home. But she likes live to live experience. So it's kind of cool that she gets to go. Yeah, that's spectacular. Um, I want to say I'm doing well. I want to apologize. Our first show of 2024 was supposed to be last week. Uh, unfortunately, I was not feeling well. I had a very 
rough patch of sickness, being all kinds of just just a basic cold, but it was it was kicking my ass. Not to mention, you know, we like Floyd said, finishing up college football coverage. One of our teams did make it all the way to the national championship and won a national championship. Shout out to the Wolverines. So we've been covering them like crazy. I got rained on a whole bunch in Ann Arbor last night. I was so tired. Uh, but I'm going to Orlando after this podcast, so I am good. Uh, but What are so you I doing wanna... after Michigan wins the national championship? We're going to Disney World. Yes. Totally was not my intention, honestly. But... That's in, that's how it ended up working out. Yeah, actually. yeah. So your so, dad, yeah. you should record a video of your dad saying, "We're going to Disney World." Honestly, I will, and I will send it to you. I will do that. <laughs> yeah. I will, I will get that for you for sure, dude. But I was, yeah, I was seriously happy. Like, literally, I got a lot of friends in Michigan more than I thought, <laughs> and more people that There's I a lot of them out there that root for Michigan. So, twenty-seven years without a title—that's a long effing time. So, since my birth year, dude, it's crazy, yeah. and. You know, it's outstanding. My dad, such a Michigan fan. My uncle, same thing. Um, especially my dad, too. Like, seeing this, the fact that this happened at the same time as the Detroit Lions getting their first home playoff game and winning the uh, the division for the first time in 30 years. Like, dude, he's over the moon right now. Sports couldn't be better for this man. Like, his two favorite teams are just, they're clicking right now. And best of luck to the Lions. Kick Matthew Stafford's ass. Uh, on that note, though, again, I apologize that we weren't able to have a show last week. It was supposed to be a World's End review, uh, and we really wanted to get that out. But, again, I, I just was not feeling good. But we're all here, and we got a ton to talk about. We're going to go quickly over our thoughts on World's End before we talk about Dynamite, which just wrapped up air at the Daily's Place uh, just a couple hours ago when we were recording this. But before we get into all of the AEW stuff, we want to make sure you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify or wherever you choose to listen to us, rate, review, subscribe, all the nine yards, and fo- be sure to follow it so you don't miss a single episode. And follow us on social media. We are at AT Elite Pod, at Social Suplex of the guys that make this show possible. Check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. And Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. The big news of the week is the fact that AEW is officially five years old. We all remembered when on Being the Elite five years ago when the clock hit midnight on New Year's and that video came out of the Bucks and Hangman and they all had their phones and it showed the AEW logo and Double or Nothing uh, and it was a huge moment. And then we got the the press conference at uh, Jacksonville Chris Jericho was announced like it's crazy dude I still remember all of that vividly and the fact that it's been five years is just insane it doesn't seem real to me um but it's been a crazy ride uh watching AEW just grow and change um so yeah I mean it's just been amazing dude uh I was working overnight so I was literally up when it was announced uh, we were like refreshing because, you know, basically they said a BTE was dropping at midnight. So it was like, you know, we were just waiting, just waiting, waiting, waiting for that uh, show to drop. And man, it did. I mean, for that to drop and it was um, like life changing. I mean, for me, life changing. Uh, that's I mean, that's the best way that I can say it. 
is that uh, the whole experience with, you know, Cody and the Bucks and everybody was just, uh, it, yeah, it literally changed how, how I vacation, how I did it. It changed the friends and people in my life. Uh, uh, it changed everything. I mean, AEW existing is like, like, if you like Floyd, what if, uh, uh, you know, what, how would your life be if AEW didn't exist? I couldn't even begin to start. I mean, that first year, AEW, me and my wife got married that year, you know, like a whole bunch of stuff just went into it. And it's just like, it, it's like, you can tell the, you know, my, you know, that life in the last five years, the show started what the late February. So in February, we'll be celebrating our fifth year, fifth year anniversary of the show. It's just, I mean, you know how we do the show every week and, you know, and it's just, I can't even put into words, you know, I don't, did we even know each other five years ago? <laughs> no, right? No, when yeah. AEW was announced, we didn't know no, each other. We didn't even know each other five years I, ago. We I met you at shows. I yeah. Sydney introduced me to you. Yeah, so we we didn't even know you. Uh, yeah. So it's so extreme. How many people I didn't know? So many people I didn't know before AEW like existed. So I, you know, it's very. I'm very happy that that happened. Uh, you know, and you like when you look at Social Suplex Podcast Network, and you know, now it, it's like we're we are. If you want AEW coverage, there's you don't need need another podcast. We cover the show. One Nation Radio covers the show. We got uh new shows. We got new shows on. On the podcast, I just listened to one, and I want to make sure I shout them out because I really enjoyed the show. The Trish and, Sarah, uh, Trish and Sarah show, they reviewed uh, uh, World's End. And I'll tell you, you'd be like, oh, they're doing AEW, you're doing AEW. Completely different shows. <laughs> like, yes. Completely different. I like, I listened to them in the car. I made sure I listened to the whole episode. And it was just so, it was just so fun and fresh. I laughed the whole time. I thought, I thought the show was great. Cause I was like, ah, this is another AW show. I'm like, ah, no, but no, I, I, uh, I enjoyed it. Definitely have a different feel than what we do, you know? And, uh yeah, so everyone make sure you're downloading all the social suplex shows and supporting all of them. So uh, uh welcome Trish and Sarah to the uh social suplex podcast network. But um, absolutely, yeah, no, I'm looking, for, I'm looking forward to it. I'm like honestly, this uh, this this uh this network doesn't have a lot to talk about if it wasn't for AEW. I mean, we got keeping the strong style, New Japan, you know, the ace of New Japan podcast. And then you got One Nation Radio who kind of does the high podge, but a lot of the rest of us cover AEW, so you know we wouldn't have a lot to talk about. And the show doesn't exist if it isn't for AEW. So I am happy, definitely happy for five years. I was just sitting there and I was like, and this is I've told Austin I'm gonna try to do on each shows. We're gonna try to do in five years like different five, top five list. And our top five today, what we'll cover at the end of the show, is uh, our top five live AEW experiences. So we had yeah. to be in the building for it. It's the, so if you see here something, you're like, oh, why isn't that on there? Because we, we weren't there. We weren't there. So, no, this is our our top five experiences. So uh, I hope you look forward to it. So Yeah, I'll we'll close, I'll, we'll I'll close out the show with that. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I'll quit we'll, rambling uh, now and let Austin yeah, no. take control. <laughs> all good. Yeah, we're going to quickly cover, because, yeah, we were supposed to do a World's End review last week. 
Um, and unfortunately, we weren't able to because, again, your boy was sick. But really quickly, just going over it, um, I want to say off top, though, the show started and ended great, I felt like. You know, with the four-way match that opened up the main show, uh, and then also having Andrade and Miro, who also killed it. Uh, Shout-out to Andrade, you know, he's no longer with the with uh, AEW, and, like, hell of a match for him to go out on, too, I gotta say. Like, that was a really strong match for him to close things out on. Um, and the show ended really, really good. Yeah. Um... The middle was, like... Dude, honestly, I kind of, I'm kind of relieved we didn't do like a full world. Honestly, day, yeah. Because uh, again, our thing is we're positive, we're proclivity yes. of positivity. And dude, I would have been doing, having to do some fantastic spin because we don't lie. You know, we look at the positive and we focus on what we lie, but like, but we try definitely not to lie. And I gotta tell you, seven o'clock. I, that first, you know, I watched the pre-show. Really, I enjoyed the pre-show. I enjoyed Battle Royals. I thought Chris Statlander and uh, Willow killed it. Me and Austin yeah. were talking about that. Then the four, the the four on four match comes, and it's like, bang. Okay, here we go again. Another AEW banger pay per view. Then the next, I I, get, I can't even. I didn't do math. Next two two and a half hours of blah just happened. Mm-hmm. And that's the I best way. After the Andrade Miro match, I kind of was just like, we were like, eh, I was like, I was falling out, you know. Yeah, what I mean? yeah, and it was really hard for me to stay awake, and and it was like, and I was just like, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't tired. My brother was with me. My brother was here. He left. He said, "I'll just catch it in the morning." <laughs> and I was just like, ah, oh, that made it was like it was uncomfortable because you know he was like, oh, "I'll just catch it in the morning" because no, we're sitting, and we're sitting yeah. there, and he just. He, we're sitting there, and he says, he says this. I did not say this. He said, this is boring. <laughs> He's like, dude, this is boring. And I'm like, I, I wanted to fight him. I really did. I wanted to be like, no, no, you're just not. No, God, it was. It yeah. was. No, and I, yeah. I've gone on record by saying, like, AEW does not have a bad pay-per-view. The only things that I count, like, you know, that were, like, you know, maybe not the best were like the stuff before like you know like you know like the first fighter fest or the first fight for the fallen because those didn't feel like pay-per-views you know what i mean because they didn't have a tv deal and they were just doing shows until they got a tv deal. that i don't kind of count that that's a weird area of the start of the company but since like they got the tv deal and since all out 2020 uh i mean uh, 2019 uh there wasn't a bad show there just there just wasn't um this was the first one where i was kind of like you know Again, good stuff on here. There's You don't take away from the fact that there wasn't good stuff on here. But as an overall package, kind of was a dud. And it's honestly, I can uh, say, AEW is kind of a victim of their own success. Because they've put out nothing but banger, banger, banger pay-per-views. And if maybe let's say we'd had some average pay-per-views, yeah. this probably wouldn't have hit as hard. You know what I mean? Yeah, it just wouldn't have hit. I saw Jr. say uh, Jim Ross, not RJR, but I saw Jim Ross say that this pay per view felt to him like AEW, like hitting the reset button. But to me, that that was what All Out this year felt like. All Out this past year felt like the reset, and that show was still spectacular. I thought, um, 
this didn't feel like a reset. This just felt like, you know, coming out of a reset, you're trying to find your footing. You know what I mean? It it, it, it seemed like it was I, the best thing way to put it. It was a pay-per-view that was basically built on two things. The Continental Classic Finals and who the devil was. Not even the MJF Samoa Joe match, which was fine to do. I would it. add a I would add a third one there with Copeland Christian Cage. See, Copeland Christian Cage. Definitely a surprise, definitely great. But the pay per view to me was built on those two things. It was like, oh, you're gonna get the end of the Continental Classic, and you're gonna get the devil reveal, right? And it was just like even the MJF Samoa Joe match, I'm watching it. We're at the end of a long period of I'm already tired. We're at the end of a long period of wrestling shows. I probably didn't give it the focus and attention it needed because I just wanted to know who the devil was at that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's 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 just me being 100 percent honest at that point. I was at the end of the night. I had had dealt through that two period, that long period of time of, you know, kind of boring. And then we got to Copeland and Christian and they woke me the fuck up. Then Eddie and Kings, Eddie and uh, Mox did their damn thing. Actually shocked me on who the result. And then we got to the main event. And they actually, like, they actually went and did it, dude. And we got to the main event. I was like, can we just find out who the devil was? And it was like, I figured MJF, like, I had been told Samojo could win and probably going to win. I figured MJF was just going to win. And then, because uh, I've always been of the opinion that the devil or whoever the devil on the real bill needed to win the world title to really be in control. But I get what they're I get what they're trying to do now. We'll discuss it a little more as we talk about each match. But yeah, I was just like MJF and Samojo, I was like, this is a really this would be a really amazing match if I just like cared more. I just want the devil reveal. You know, I just want to yeah. know who and the like, devil was. Yeah, and again, like going through a couple of the quick things real quick for me, uh like I said, Copeland and Christian, like I said, they kicked the shit out of each other. It was great. This the the swerve of a uh, Shayna Wayne turning on a uh, on like all of that like in aligning with Christian Cage. Shocking in the moment, and now, like, she's in this point where she's, like, saying the you, boo, me, like, and stuff like that. I know what she's doing, and it, like, works, but to me, it just seems like, weird. like you know, I'm trying to put two and two together because I'm like, wait, you saw Nick get the crap kicked out of him, and, like, now it's like, oh, no, like. No, she was cool. Co- I mean, Nick's a wrestler. His dad was a wrestler. She's used to. Guys, them getting beat up. She's used to bumps and bruises. Edge can church at him, you know, and that was like that's a whole different level. I know from that point, I was like, I get that one part, yeah. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but again, like I said, she has been making it work. But when I first yeah. started, saw it, I was just like, I was kind of like trying to click with me. It has clicked in the weeks later, and like I said, it's it's starting to fit a little the, bit more. The patriarchy uh, works. But it, it did throw me off a little. Patriarchy works in its simplicity. It is yes. very much. 70s and 80s bad guy work but yeah they do it and christian takes it so seriously that's the thing doesn't break they both they both are just so dead dead, yes and it's just like it's there there is no tongue-in-cheek when he says how dare you like attack a man with a chair or whatever he means it when yeah yeah like he means it and it's like the commitment to the bit i even said i'm like we don't really do awards on this show we don't really do that's not our thing i just honestly don't have time to manage it uh we don't do awards 
But if I was, and I always say this, and like if you talk to me, you've heard this way too many times. Uh, you've heard it uh, this way too many times. You probably don't want to hear it, but I think wrestling is so much more than just what happens between the ropes. So when I talk about my wrestler of the year, uh, when I talk about my wrestler of the year, I'm talking about promos. I'm talking about like the skits, the backstage segments. Everything is uh, uh, everything is in, uh, included in that. And I'm like, man, if you ask me my AEW wrestler of the year for last year, I'm going to say Christian. Yeah, there you go. But like I said, you're going to be like, well, you remember this banger match? Okay, great. Absolutely. But Christian has elevated every segment he's been in, no matter if he's wrestling, talking, or whatever, for a whole year. Sometimes, um, very few episodes of Dynamite, he's literally the only thing to talk about. He's the only thing anybody's talking about. People want to hate him. Like, people want to... He is so good... He's almost got MJF'd where, you know, people are like, oh, let's love him. You know, let's love him, blah, blah, blah. And he won't let you. He cuts you off at the knees and like, no, you can't cheer me. No, I am a terrible person. And he's just so good at it. So uh, I, I, I think this is some of the best work he's done in his career. I've no, always been the best. I've always been a Christian fan and I've always thought Dang. he was amazing. But, yeah, this is. Uh, Dude, I remember right. when I met Christian at WrestleCon, I think it was like 2018 or something like that. And I was just like, "Dude, you are so good. Like if people have not given you your flowers enough. Like I will be the one to do that cuz like you are spectacular and I hope you're able to wrestle again. I'm hoping that I can see you do more work because everything that you do like is like very very good and I feel like you have the opportunity to do even more great stuff." Um, and seeing what he's doing now is incredible. Um, and again, Moxley, Kingston, probably for me, match of the night. Like, those two killed it. And Eddie coming back from being on the brink of elimination to winning the whole damn thing and solidifying the, like, you know, the constant, like, talk of him being a bum. Like, just, I don't know. This was Eddie Kingston's crowning achievement in AEW. Uh, I thought it was originally when he uh, won at a... Uh, Grand Slam, I believe it was last year, uh, but this was it. Like, this is Eddie Kingston solidifying like, nah, dude, this guy is for real. If people don't take this man seriously and don't realize that Eddie Kingston is that dude, like, you should. And Moxley, shout out to him, too. And then MJF Samoa Joe was alright. I'm so happy Samoa Joe's world champion. I love Samoa Joe. And then I thought the reveal of the devil... Like I said, I've been saying Adam Cole, and it and it and it hit. Like I was very much like, there it is, uh, and it, and it, it made it made sense. It wasn't some like oh my god moment, but it was like it made sense. You know yes. what I mean? So to Jr's point about the reset, I do think something is reset, and I don't. I do think something did get reset, and honestly, I feel like they just went back to. I don't like. I just feel like they went back to old AEW. The thing was. I always said it, and the problem I ever had with the Brutal Road Chachos, all that stuff, is that the AEW title was always above the sports entertainment stuff. Yes. The sports entertainment stuff happened on the undercard. It happened in the first hour. It happened in the middle. But when the world title 
happened, it was all about who was the best wrestler. Even with Kenny Omega acting over the top, it really was about who was the best wrestler. That's what yeah. the, the, the world title was about. And with the bro chachos and stuff, that the silliness, the sports entertainment bled into the world title. And I personally did not like that. I, I like the world title yeah, no, being I, above I, I that. I said I, I, I definitely enjoyed like all the, like like I said, the bro chacho stuff. I thought it was entertaining. But it also felt weird to me that it was, you know, the AEW World Championship yeah, was surrounding was, all this like goofy stuff. Ev- it was the main event. They were yes. MJF was working twice a night. It was just like I don't like any of this, right? And it's just like I didn't hate it or anything. It's just it was bleeding over into this. And so when when Samoa Joe won, and if you realize he just won, yeah, uh, uh, Adam Cole didn't punch him. Adam no, Cole, it wasn't a yeah, it was, he, he was literally all Adam Duke Cole did was stop MJF from cheating, right? And a one-legged, one-armed man can't beat Samoa Joe. Period. That's as real as it gets. And he taps him out, and he wins the match, and then he walks away. He's done. He got what he came for. And then we get the, then we got the uh, devil reveal and all that, and. With Samoa Joe, I feel like it's set. You're when Samoa Joe's out there, and when the world title's on the line, it's gonna be about wrestling, right? The brooch when it, when MJF comes back, whenever that is, uh, if he comes back or whatever, it that's all gonna happen in the first hour, the second hour, and stuff like that. But that world title is gonna stay pure and untouched, and I prefer it that way. You want to do the silly shit with the TNT title? I'm good with it. You want to do it with the international title? Yes. But the world title, the AEW world title, is supposed to represent the best wrestler in the world. I want that to be about wrestling. Yes. And I think having Samoa Joe hold that, I'm all good with it. Like I said, I got no problems with it. Um, So real quickly, though, those are our thoughts on World's End. Is it one of the weaker AEW pay-per-views? Probably so, honestly. I would say it's one of the weakest. Yeah. But even still, that's the weakest on a tier of, like I said, we've said banger, 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 banger. Like, if I was even to give it a rating, like, I would give it, like, a C. Yeah. That's it. It You passed, but we know you can do better. Yeah, no, no. It's like it's like the valedictorian, you know, and the valedictorian's like the last day of school. Uh, hey, I'm just going to do this paper, and they just kind of phone it in and get a C. It's like, it's not that you failed, but I know you can do better. Yes, kinda exactly. There. That's and it's, really what it is. Like, and it, you know this isn't your best work. And, and we know there's outside circumstances and why it wasn't as good as you wanted it to be. We understand, yeah. but you, you've shown that you can overcome those circumstances in the past. Yes. So, like, do better next time. That's yeah, what we're yeah, because I even said that that the uh, tag match or where it was with Sting and Darby, all that you literally could have spread that up and did a fatal four way tag, and you know pretty much that makes it or or four way tag, and that makes it no rules and right. threw a lot of stuff, and Ricky and Big Bill could retain. You could have easily done that, and it just would have to me would have been just as good. You know, that kind of thing. And I just like, there is like, it's the same people involved. Uh, the women's matches, this is not a good night for the uh, the women's division as people that are That being super, said, Willow and Chris mm, should have been on the main show. Yeah, yeah it wasn't a great night. It is like, it, like you tell me that Willow and Chris match for the TAS title, ooh, that would have been great. But um, 
No, the rest of it is like Julia's developing. You know, Abaddon's getting better. You know, you look at the other, uh, you look at the other's uh, side, and it's um, who was the in the match? I don't even remember who was in the match, honestly. Who was in the what? Sorry, the, the AEW Women's Title Match. Uh, it was Tony, Rio and Tony. Rio and Tony, which was it was fine. It was fine, but I'm big on this, and this is a Floyd thing, and my. You have to make me believe that the challenger can win. At no point, through the build, through anything, did I think Rio could beat Tony Storm. And that's a problem to me. Because that's kind of when I kind of check out. Yeah. It's like, it's, like, no. it's happening. But, uh, but yeah. But moving, yeah, yeah, moving on from World's End, we'll get into Dynamite now. However, there were some things that happened leading up to Dynamite. That we have to talk about. Hey, um, yeah, yeah. I was, uh, yeah, I, I can honestly say probably one of my f- first times I was like, why, Tony, why? No, exactly. So Tony Khan uh, got on Twitter and uh, was very much angry. Uh, so he tweeted out basically how uh, Did this you was a it? double standard. So. Did you did you do the USA what the USA Network tweeted I did, first? Yes, so, yes we, I did. We, so, we got USA talking. Network. The USA Network uh, through a Twitter account responded to uh, Raj Gurge, uh I mean Raj Giri, sorry, um, basically saying how you know the re- giving an explanation as to why Seth Rollins and Jinder Mahal were all of a sudden having a title match on Monday Night Raw. And Raj was like, these guys have history because Seth defeated Jinder in the tournament finals to become the first NXT champion. Um, obviously, he's going way, way back. Um, but then uh, the USA, the official USA Network Twitter account asked, what was the cage match rating? Obviously, linking towards the fact that TK has pointed to that as being the success of a lot of things uh, for AEW. Uh, so Tony Khan immediately responds by saying that it's a double standard. Hook has a 28-1 record. He's on a winning streak. He calls out the champion. It's a logical challenge, which sparks online outrage. Jinder has literally lost every single match he's in for the past year, immediately gets a title shot, but where is the rage? To which he says then Dynamite's on TBS tomorrow. And then he responds to the cage match rating tweet from USA Network saying, a moral victory for USA is one win more than their world title challenger Jinder Mahal has had in the past 364 days. Because it is literally a full year since he's won a match. You really put AEW in our place by getting Jinder in a big match on your TV show. Do it more often. Um, things started going crazy. Of course, Eric Bischoff then proceeded to try to chime in. And TK was like talking about Abaddon. And uh, said reading would be your friend, Eric. And those two were going at it a little bit. Uh and then all of a sudden it became a, night, a part where wrestling fans were all there either like shitting on Jinder or defending Jinder or shitting on Hook and defending Hook. It all got very gross, if, I, if we're being real. It was not a good night for wrestling Twitter, which, I mean, in a lot of instances, when is a good night for wrestling Twitter? Uh, there's not many of them. But uh, my favorite thing to come out of all of this was people saying everybody that's talking shit about Jinder and Hook and then in that old video of Hook and Strip Club, like, resurfaced, that was my favorite thing of the whole thing. Like, out of the whole incident that took place, just the picture of Hook with a stripper's ass in his face, not giving a fuck about anything else. 
that was the funniest thing to come out of this whole nonsense, which is what it was. It was nonsense. The USA Network Twitter, whoever's running that, like, you're childish, a thousand percent. Like, don't let that guy off the hook because that shit was childish. Like, what the fuck was that? Like, I, I don't, get, I don't people think. People get mad at AEW for taking pot shots, but then where was the outright rage for that? Like, that was a pot shot. I, I, Tony, Tony Khan got baited. Yeah, and that's what happened. You fell for the Twitter troll, and he went off. And that's the thing that I've always said about TK is that he needs to get the fuck off of Twitter. Like, I, see, I didn't mean – okay. Again, as someone who is a Jinder Mahal – I wouldn't say fan, but appreciator. Someone that liked Jinder Mahal. When he was the modern-day Raja Raja in WWE Champion, I had the shirt. I always I wore it all the time. Big fan of Jinder Mahal and his work. That's 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 you. That that's, that ain't me. I will yeah. say. I got nothing but respect for Ginger, but I yeah. was never bad. Yeah, yeah, big dude, good look. Always to me, always you know did his stuff on the mic. He played a certain character and he did it well, right? <laughs> that's what I thought. Hook, you know, Hook's fairly, you know, still fairly new to wrestling. Kicking ass, love me. Got my Sin Hook shirt in her closet. So my big thing is, I I had been sleep most of the day because I work at night and I woke up and I was like, some people are like, I'm a real hooker. And some people are like, Oh, don't hinder gender. And I'm like, I like both of them. What's going on? And then I, I catch up and I'm just like, TK, come on. Like, I understand you have witty quickie comebacks. I actually, I am a TK defender. You know me. I, t- I love the shit. No, I remember I, when Jay. Yeah. I remember when Jr. was furious, like yeah. talking about this thing, and you guys are going back and forth about it. Yeah. Like, you yeah. love it when J- when TK gets in the mud and plays around in the mud. Yes, I love when you roll in the shit, right? But, but I don't like him attacking Jinder Mahal, who has literally never said anything about AEW. No, exactly. Attack att- if you want to attack WWE <laughs> as a company, and you want to attack yeah. Triple H, and you want to attack Vince, and all that kind of stuff. Fine. Because at the end of the day, those are your com- that's your competitors. Yes, but like the yeah. wrestlers don't deserve any of it. Yes, because guess what? He hasn't won a match in a year. Guess what? He doesn't decide whether he wins or loses. He doesn't. He's just doing it. Yeah, he's just doing his job. He's doing the job. You know, he showed up to work and he's uh, he's doing his job. And it's like he doesn't decide whether he wins or loses. He, but and if somebody offers you a title match and they say, "Hey, we're gonna put you in the title match," you don't say no. You don't be like, "Well, that doesn't make sense. I haven't won in a year." No, you take the damn title match. And honestly, it's Rumble season. Guess what? World titles don't generally change at the Rumble. We everyone knows that the person that you feud with is kind of a lame duck challenger. You know, you, you're just gonna beat them. <laughs> That's just how it works at the Rumble for the most part. So I don't know. I like I said. Tony Khan defender, Tony Khan lover, love that man, but don't hinder gender. Don't go after gender. I mean, go after the booking or whatever, but I just like, I didn't, I didn't like the whole naming gender because like I said, I like gender Mahal and I like Hook too. I am a huge Hook fan. I'm all about Hook and I love where they're going with Hook uh, going forward, but it's just like, I don't feel like you should call out people and maybe you're calling out the character and not the person you know I, I, that's you, a yeah that's a cow yeah whatever but i just like i don't know i don't know and, no, I, and it, the, the way that i feel like about it too is like i said the the comments that he was saying about like you know why is nobody upset about this 
Like it does sound like like and we've always said one of the things that we've loved about TK since the company started, the thing that we always talked about TK, the thing that we loved about him, the thing that we identified with him was that at the end of the day, he felt like one of us. He felt like a wrestling fan. And, and he's I, shown time and time again that he down deep in his soul is a wrestling fan. And only a wrestling fan would complain about stupid shit like that. Yes, no, no. And this was like, well, like I say, when we say he's one of us, this was the most one of us thing he's ever Honestly. done. You know, so everyone that's getting mad about it, too, I guarantee you, you've tweeted something about this in the past about wrestling. We've yeah. all done it. Yeah, We've no, all like been like, this doesn't make any sense. This is bullshit. Why the fuck is this happening? Blah, 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 blah. We've all done it. Okay. And I and like it's fine. I don't think I don't think he needs to put his Twitter away. I don't think he needs any of that. I just I think, st- I still I, do I, because I, he, this has been too much. Honestly, well, this, I just, this was the tipping. I just I just feel like when he, it's one of those. Uh, it's one of those. I'm gonna take you back to Family Matters for all you people to hear. It's like when Carl, when Carl was getting really, really angry at uh, Urkel, and he says three, two, one, one, two, three. What the heck is bothering me? I need Tony Khan to do that before tweeting. And real, and like, is your tweet going to inspire your fan base to get behind you? Right? Is your tweet going to boost you know people looking at dynamite or your show or is your tweet just gonna cause a bunch stir a bunch of shit now hey he could be playing chess because guess what for the last two days when there's no AEW wrestling on guess what people were talking about you know and it's just like hey and he always ends it watch it on tnt i don't know i wasn't a fan of this interaction Honestly, it's probably mostly because I like Jinder Mahal, but I don't really like him calling out any particular wrestler. Call out the company. Say Triple H is a dumbass. Say the WWE creative is shit or whatever, but to call out a, a wrestler who literally, as far as I know, as far as anything I can find online, has never said a bad thing about AEW. You know, just he works. He does his job. He seems to be very uncontroversial, <laughs> you know, Leave, let that man be, and and I will end this like I began it. I like both Hook and Jinder Mahal. I, I also like both TK and Triple H. You know, it's like I don't feel like it's like I'm all about support AEW, and I always say put AEW first. That's all, absolutely. I still believe that to wholeheartedly, but it's just like I said, it just felt like unnecessarily i mean i don't know what he was reading i don't know if he went down a reddit thing or whatever but it just seemed like when you look at it it wasn't really a reply to usa network it was just a hey i'm pissed off about this because i don't understand why are people not mad about this yes why why are you mad at me and not this yes and it's like the hook thing i'll say this all day about the hook thing he challenged the world champion the world champion didn't accept I don't even know what everybody was mad about yet. The match wasn't announced. Yeah. It wasn't. It was. In fact, it, was, it only got yeah, announced yeah. tonight. Yes, I, I literally seen people do well, uh, well, uh, Corey, uh, well done, produced videos challenging Cody Rhodes to a match, and then he ignored them. <laughs> so it's like, or just straight up said no. Nothing had been booked yet. 
<laughs> nothing had been booked. And like it was like we're bitching about something that hadn't even been booked yet. You know, it was just like, oh, ch- hook challenge. That's that's likely where it's going, but it didn't have to go there. And it's just like, yeah, it hooks the first challenger for Samoa Joe. Does it matter? I don't know. It's wrestling. Y'all need to calm the fuck down sometimes. It's as excitable as I am, which I am. I'm very excitable. And I love the drama and I love the mud. But this one felt like much ado about nothing. And it was. A thousand percent it was. This had nothing. This was completely meaningless. And again, it just like was just gross, dumb shit that did not matter at the end of the day. So please, everyone grew up. And I mean all parties involved. Like, I mean TK, too. Like, you gotta, like, really, you gotta really just sometimes pick and choose the right battles. This yeah, was a battle that unfortunately, oh, Fortunately, unfortunately, whichever one you say, TK's damn near 40. And you know what happens around 35 with adults? We quit growing. A grown man. We're de- we, we are who we are. So TK is who he is at this point. At this point, yeah. <laughs> yes, he, he is. But pick he is. and choose your battles <laughs> yes. better. Than this. A- absolutely, he is who he is. So I'm never gonna change the, tell that man to change. But I have like the one adjustment. I'll say, just don't go after the wrestler. Go after the company. Don't go after the wrestler. Thousand percent. So we'll get into Dynamite now, which took place mm-hmm. at the Daily's place. It was the homecoming, which opened up with Claudio Castagnoli versus Hangman Adam Page. Great match to start things out. It just, I mean, both guys killed it. I loved having, it felt nice, you know what it was? Like, just having Hangman be able to, like, he just went over to the crowd during the match and grabbed a beer. Like, that's just classic Hangman stuff that we hadn't seen a lot of. That little moment there actually meant a lot. Like, I enjoyed seeing that again. But honestly, did really good stuff. The Avalanche Ricola uh, bomb, like, that was reversed into a Hurricanrana, scared the shit out of me. Like, they hit it. But it, it looked scary. And then following that, you got two buckshot lariats in a row. And then Hangman got the pin on Claudio. Uh, they both did really, really well. Like, honestly, really good stuff in this match. Um, and it was just really awesome way to start off the show, I thought. This was just a nice banger to open things up. Dude, yeah, this was a really good match. Uh, the VCC's not on a winning streak. Just the best way to put it, because I don't want to piss them off and get beat up. Uh, but yeah, the, the BCC has not been winning a lot lately. So, they have uh, not, no. Yeah, you know, no. It's, uh, so for the people out there that were kind of tired of them, I don't know who all of you are. But yeah, they, they seem to be trying to uh, fix that a little bit. Um, but when I watched this match, I was like, this is how Dynamite's supposed to start. Mm-hmm. This is how you start a Dynamite. This is I want you to start a Dynamite like this every week. Like, I'm like, I feel like Will Smith and Bad Boys. Like, that's how you drive. No, this is how you start a Dynamite. You start Dynamite with wrestling. You start a Dynamite with a banger. You start a Dynamite with two people. One could win, one could lose. Have them go out there and beat the shit out of each other. And I I loved it. I was like, okay, this is Dynamite. This is Dynamite. There you go. Um, And moving on, we had a highlight package where they paid tribute to Mr. Brody Lee. Um, it was a nice tribute of some of his best matches and some of his best moments, um, including him when he beat Cody for the TNT Championship. Um, nice moments of there. And there were two matches, basically, that paid tribute to Brody Lee. The match that happened afterwards was one, uh, which was an eight-man tag that featured the international champion Orange Cassidy, Adam Copeland, Dustin Rhodes, and LFI's Preston Vance, who they had mentioned on commentary, Preston Vance, and Anna Jay were basically set up as his, like, protégés and, like, the people that would, like, carry on his legacy. Uh, 
and uh, the, those eight, those four men teamed up to face Lance Archer, the Mogul Embassy, Brian Cage, Bishop Khan, and Toa Leona. Uh, so that was this match, which I thought was pretty good, honestly. Like, obviously did what it needed to do. Um, I just want to say, too, this has nothing to do with the uh, the match itself. If you haven't seen Percy Jackson and the Olympians yet on Disney+, Plus, um, because Mr. Adam Copeland is in this and he plays Ares, it is spectacular work by him. Like, genuinely, like, I know he's acted in the past before, but, like, like this dude needs to get more acting gigs. Like, he's really, really good. And, like, this kind of, like, like, it felt like kind of old school edge with him being an asshole, but also being like so charismatic and then just like, you know, flip flopping. Like yes. he, he's, he felt so like, you know, traditional edge, like, like so like bipolar, you know what I mean? Where he'll just be one way and then he'll just like absolutely like get that look in his eyes and you get terrified. Um, great work. Just got to say, if you haven't seen the show, it's pretty dang good. And having edge in it playing Aries, he's great. I just have to say, um, I don't know if anybody watches Disney stuff or anything. Oh, like that. Yeah, I, I watched it and I was just going to bring up a point. I was talking to my uh, my friend tonight and she sent me a message and she was like, she's like, I was watching Percy Jackson. And I was like, and I looked at this guy and he's like, uh, he looks, I was like, he looks a lot like Edge. Right. And he's like, but they got to the end and said it was Adam Copeland. And I was like, that's that's his real name. That, that's uh, she, was, she was like, it took her about 20 seconds. She's like, I felt really dumb. Uh, but yeah. No, Edge uh, is his real name. You didn't yeah, know that? Yeah, no, he was, uh, I thought he would. Yeah, I watched the episode last night. Thought he was uh, really good in it. I, I, let me just tell you, I felt like he was Edge. That's <laughs> I felt like, hey, hey, hey. It felt such like an Edge yeah, character. Yes, it just like, yeah, it felt like it. He was just such a smart ass. And it was I just, know. Yeah. No, and like my friend who was watching it, the show, she sent a Snapchat. I'm like, watch out for Edge. He plays Ares. He's amazing. He's a former WWE champion. And she's like, okay, cool. And she goes like, yeah, he's kind of a dick. I'm like, well, this is a guy who literally had sex with his girlfriend after he won the world title, uh, literally like a day later. So like, yeah. she's like, Oh, okay. And I'm like, yeah, mid-2000s. What a time. So literally not even that out of character. You know what I mean? Yes. No, uh, I, 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 dude, like the things, he, he, the things he's like, oh, that's just family. I just don't want to be like that anymore. It was just, I, I was very, I was very impressed with his uh, debut because I never saw him on Vikings. I saw yeah, him no, on, I never, I never watched that show either. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was another sh- Eureka, I think that's what it was called. There was another yeah. show he was on. He was on Sci-Fi. I did watch that. I actually, Christian was actually made a special guest appearance, and I, was, I watched that whole series. So I'm very familiar with Edge from that. That he was a really good actor, but um, yeah, I, I hadn't, didn't see any of the Viking stuff. So yeah, I was really happy that he got the role. I hope this. I've enjoyed the series so far, so I hope it continues on. And he, yeah, he needs to book better. Yeah, more stuff. Yeah, no, I would love to see Edge do more stuff. So, but this match, uh, obviously done in the memory of uh, Mr. Brody Lee, um, was nice. You know, it did what it needed to do. Preston Vance got the pin, hitting the discus lariat on a con. So, I it it did what it was set out to do. And it, it looks it, like we starting something with. Maybe uh, Lance Archer and his, uh, I think he's been uh, rolling with the ROH group. I forgot what they're called. Uh, 
Oh, fuck. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, but... Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like the ROH group, and it looks like, because Brian Cage and Lance Archer started beating on each other, so it looks like that's going somewhere. And yeah, I was I'm say, all about beat meeting men slapping meat, so I'm I, I, I signed me up for uh Lance Archer versus Brian Cage. Yeah, no, that will that will be a lot of fun to see those guys beat the hell out of each other. So uh we then had a backstage segment with Bullet Club Gold. Obviously they came out and uh Jay White called out uh Adam Cole and the Undisputed Kingdom. Uh the the dynamite after it was revealed that Adam Cole was the man under the mask and he was the devil. And um, he basically said, you know, their undisputed goal, undisputed kingdom is going after all the gold. But whatever they do, Bullet Club Gold will do better because they then were interrupted by the trios champions, the acclaimed and daddy ass. And they offered the ability to maybe we should combine and we should team up again to which Anthony Bowens called them the bang, bang, scissors gang. The Wait, Bang Bang Scissors game. I actually got a call during that, so I missed that line. So that's a pretty good one. The Bang I mean, Bang dude, it's like, I, I, it I, rhymes, and it's like, you know, it just fits. You know what I, I mean? Like, I, I'd, I'd buy the shit out the shirt. Dude, I'm telling you. Well, first of all, shout out to the Oh Scissor Me Daddy shirt, which made it made a, a little bit of a viral trip on the uh, Shirts That Go Hard Twitter account. Uh, kind of got the ball rolling on that shirt because literally – uh, I think AEW released a new version of it, basically re-released that shirt because it like it was starting to get traction because they were like, oh shoot, uh, people found this shirt that aren't wrestling fans, but they're like, oh, it's a scissor shirt, I want that, and like now all of a sudden it started like getting a lot more attention. So um, yeah, like they brought that up about Bang Bang Scissors Gang, which again, you make merch of it, it will sell. Jay White goes, we're not a faction, we're a gang, but. We're going to need a little bit more time to ponder that, but you guys sit by your phone. So basically, he didn't say no, which is what I like to know. Because like if you noticed, Austin, Austin is all about it. He's like, oh, he's yeah, all yeah, about yeah. it. He's like, he makes more sense. He's tired of not being. Jay is like, y'all can calm down. Yes, yes. Uh, dude, they put out some new shirts on Shop AEW. I wanted to throw that out there. The Adam Cole Devil shirt, where it's half his face, half the devil. Yeah. Pretty fucking epic shirt. I, I thought that was really cool. And they got a Danhausen Ringer shirt. So it's basically the CM yeah. Punk shirt, but it's with Danhausen's face. And so uh I'll look it out. But yeah, they've put out a lot of a lot of new shirts. So go ahead and check those out on Shop AEW. Yeah, the Eddie Kingston ones, both the uh the Top Rope Tuesday one and the Continental Crown uh shirt they put out was pretty awesome. Uh yes. And yeah, they've got some good ones right now. Dude, honestly, it's like I'm 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 trying to be more uh, responsible with my spending and it's just like they keep putting out stuff i want i know <laughs> dude yeah. i know like i said i already went crazy with some of the shirts they do they put out aew polos when i when it gets warm again and i can go golfing yeah like i'm getting those like they're they're oak like not only just adidas brand but they also have oakley shit dude i'm like what the fuck yeah, they got good stuff. They got good stuff. So, yeah, uh, definitely support the site, support your favorite wrestler, yeah. support your uh, support your I'm, wrestler. I'm, like, still, I, I'm still waiting for my Swerve's House shirt to show up in the mail, dude. I'm, wait, I, I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting on my Willow shirt to show up. I'll definitely, uh, it's, I've been on a kick where, I mean, I have 20-something FTR shirts and 20-something Cody shirts. I'm trying to show love to the people that don't get a lot of love. 
<laughs> you know, like I don't really, I rarely, I, I don't think I've really seen a Willow shirt except when I, you know, wore, I wore it. And so with wrestlers, I'm trying to make sure that I start checking off the boxes of people that don't get the same love that everybody else do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we then move over to the AEW World Champion Samoa Joe walking out, and basically, you know, I stand before you. AEW World Champion. I was destined for this. So tonight we're going to make some changes to the championship challenge protocol. So when you're champion, uh, when you become a marked man, and I even heard a devil who makes a bad deal is looking for Samoa Joe. So here are the changes. No more will you have to come out and whine on this mic about your poor misfortune. You bring your record, you bring your reputation, and you submit it to the championship committee. If you are deemed worthy, you walk out here and have me stomp your ass in front of anybody who ever cheered you. Which is so fucking good. Uh, and then he said, a new championship era is here. Anyone who wants a piece of me, your champion will be waiting. Swerve Strickland comes out. I fucking pop. And Swerve just goes, basically, listen. A couple months ago, I told Hangman Page it wasn't personal because I was after his spot. And look what happened. I took his spot. So I'm reiterating the same thing to you, Joe. This isn't personal. I want that world title. I will take it. But after I take that title and you choose to make this a personal thing, I mean, I'd be more than happy to. And then Hangman comes out. I already wrestled earlier in the night, but he comes out. To which I ask, why are you here? You lost to Swerve twice. And that's literally what Swerve was screaming at him too. I beat you twice. And Hangman just proceeded to say, I'm making New Year's resolutions right now. I beat Moxley. I reunited with the Elite for like all of five minutes, but I digress. Uh, and as much as you found me, Swerve, I found you. But the one thing you lost sight of was last year was the AEW. I lost sight of last year was the AEW World Championship, and I'm making it mine in 2024. And Joe... I see you smirking. I haven't forgotten what you did to me, and I'm going to take that title for it. And again, Swerve is literally screaming at this man, I beat you twice. Why the fuck are you here? Which is exactly what I would say. Why are you here? Like, get your ass behind him in the line. You are not here yet. You are not in this level. I don't need this cowboy continually getting his face where it don't belong. This is Swerve's house. Can we please keep that shit straight, please? But then spectacular moment as these two guys are screaming at each other joe's all by himself in the ring and then a spotlight appears and it's hook it's the hook signal full-on batman and then hook comes out they get face to face just going at each other and then hook just puts up one finger and says one week and he tells him like i want you next week and they confirm it next week on dynamite we are getting Samoa Joe versus Hook for the AEW World Championship. Hook's first AEW World title match. Um, and also because of the Batman thing, this match is sponsored by Suicide Squad, the video game, uh, which is where the Batman signal came from. But also, my good friend Jared, who is a massive Hook fan, is also the biggest Batman fan I know. So you just made him, like, again, my friend Jared has now solidified the fact that Hook will forever and always be his favorite AEW wrestler. There's no one that's going to beat him. Like, you literally had the bat signal for Hook. Like, that's, you can't beat that for him. I'm figuring there's some Batman fans or Batman uh, comic fans in the old AEW locker room because... Seemingly this, so, man. Yeah, and this is the second time in a week 
that we got a uh yeah AEW person with the reference to Batman. One was John Moxley on New New Japan. He came out as Red Hood. Yeah, he came out as Red Hood, dude, and that shit looks so sick. And I and I'm looking at it, and I, I'm I'm like I'm talking. My wife gets up to go to work around the time that I'm watching the show, and I'm looking. I was like, dude, John Moxley is one of the coolest, toughest looking dudes on TV. But in his heart, he's just a big fucking nerd like the rest of us. He oh, came yeah. out as Red Hood. <laughs> like, who the fuck? <laughs> who does that? You know? <laughs> and I was like, and so I was like, yeah, I just thought that, I thought that was cool. And then, you know, they had the hook signal. And I'm like, if this is a part of his presentation, sign me the fuck up. Yeah, you know, you know, you know I like, think honestly, it would be pretty damn dope if he keeps that around. Yes, if yeah, if they want to, if they want to sign me up for the presentation. Now, the only thing about the hook presentation, this whole hook thing, that I would have done better, like in or would have done differently, not better. I don't, I hated to use the word better because better, you don't know until you present it whether it's good or bad. So I don't know if it's better. Um, is I probably would have said. Samoa tonight in Jacksonville, Samoa Joe would have did it like some like, hey, if you can last, hey kid, if you can last fifteen minutes with me, you get a title shot. Have Hook in him, right to a time limit draw. Hook gets a title shot next week. To me, that adds a layer of more sense. Even though he is twenty eight and one, but I'm just like. Are any of those 28 that he beat, like, actually world titles? Right, exactly. Like, are we, like, if we're talking about the new rules that Joe is using for this whole championship. It's like, yeah. Is this weighted, is this record at all weighted? Yeah. Like, can I just beat Brandon Cutler 80 times and then get titles? Yeah, can I go out there and beat Peter Avalon and be like, yep, haven't lost a match, let's go. No, it's like, it it has to matter. So, yes, this would have been a perfect time to put... Like, some time to hook, give him 15, 20 minutes tonight, Joe doesn't beat him, then you set up the match for next week. And of course, yeah. you know, and that's that's literally my only just tweak. To, just, just to give, again, yeah. a little element of reasonable doubt. You because when there's nothing else in between that and the match... You don't give people time to think that oh Hook could beat him because Dude. there's no like actual images of him like making Joe sweat. And I'll take it to a whole other level. Do the shit on Rampage. Oh my God! Right. The well, show. Collision. No, no, you do it on Rampage because people don't tend to watch Rampage. Fair. 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 So Fair. you do it on Fair. Rampage. You have the world champion wrestling on Rampage against one of your bigger young stars. That leads to a match on Dynamite. Boom, boom, boom. There you go. This is like this is only a few hours, so you can't be like hindsight is twenty twenty. It was like while it was happening, I was like, this would make more sense if this happened. Yeah, I mean that that's makes all the sense in the world to me. Yes. Um now we had a backstage segment with Timeless Tony Storm and uh of course we weren't able to talk about the fact that last week Diana Perrazzo is officially all elite. Huge signing. Dude huge signing for the women's division. The virtuosa, I am a fan. When uh in twenty eighteen, I think she was a free agent, she had left WWE and she went to Impact. And I remember like she wanted to raise her profile before coming to AEW. She wanted to, you know, get that national TV spotlight. And I think she did that. And, you know, the fact that she got the debut in her hometown or home state of New Jersey and they erupted and they were yelling Deanna, Deanna 
awesome fucking moment for her. I was so happy for her. And, you know, I was, me and you were talking about this. Thunder's back from injury. Serena Deeb's back from injury. Deanna Perazzo signs. The in-ring level of talent in AEW has just went way up. Now you got Jamie's going to be back eventually. I don't know when that is. Jamie Hayter's going to be back. And eventually you're going to use my favorite women's wrestler, Britt Baker. Eventually you're going to use the face of the women's division. The the fa- yes. like, well, eventually, I guess you have to use Britt Baker. <laughs> I'm just like, dude, that article came out where she's like, well, y'all wanted less of me. I'm like, who the fuck wanted less of you? Yeah, I don't know I who mean, you're talking I was about to say, if you listen to All Things Elite, I was saying we needed more of you and you needed to win. <laughs> so, All Things Elite, this show, big fan of Britt Baker. And- Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Big fan of them using her more. Also big fan of Serena D. Very glad that she's I wanted you to be the devil, Britt. (laughs) I'm like... I wanted I want a lot of Brett in the, on my show and Serena Deeb, one of the best technical wrestlers in the world. I even said if there was at, at the time if there was a female member of the Blackpool Combat Club or they decided to do a female wing, it should be ran by Serena Deeb. I mean, she's the most Blackpool Combat Club wrestler not in like not in Blackpool Combat Club in AEW. But yeah, there's some news on that I'll cover in the notes later. But uh, no, I've. I fucking love Serena Deeb, and you know, yeah. So I'm happy she's back too and healthy. Healthy. That's the most important thing. Thunder, uh, Thunder, and Serena. You know, they're ha- back and healthy. You know, back and healthy, and I, they're going to do nothing but elevate the women's division. That's what they're going to do. Yeah. And moving from what we were talking about, yeah, with Deanna Perazzo, uh, Timeless Tony Storm was talking about uh, Deanna Perazzo, basically. But then uh, Mariah May asked, you know, obviously, oh, you know, that was where I made my debut last week where when Deanna Perazzo interrupted me. Did you see my match? And Tony was like, uh, I was such a screener, but I didn't see a single frame. Like, I'm sure, you know, the next thing you do, you know, do do a nice little arm drag, you know, like stuff. Do something like that, basically. And- Did you like the random Wendy Richter thing? <laughs> Yeah, she was out of fucking nowhere. It, it, and then, broke, like, could, it broke Renee. It broke yeah, Renee. No, Renee was dying. And then, like, Mariah in the back, like, she's just doing the biggest pouty face. I know, because if she was, like, actively just being, like, normal, I think she would have cracked, too. But then Tony was like, you know, that name, Deanna Perazzo, that sounds familiar. All these women coming after my title. I feel like the prettiest girl at the dance. Luther, set me up with this, Deanna. I'm going to get to the bottom of this, basically. And... Again, Tony Storm is my queen, thousand percent. Uh, very funny. Um, I'm I, again the signing of Deanna Perazzo. 
hopefully AEW locking down uh, Mercedes Monet uh, will continue to excite me even more for the women's division. I think this thing has just only the potential to make AEW's women's division so much better and just keep that steady incline of just the talent, the work rate, the wrestling. Everything's going to get so much better, I feel like. Yep, and it's like you're either going to step up to the level of the new talent or you're going to get stepped on. It's one of the, one or the other. Nothing. One of those, yeah. yeah. So then we had uh, one half of the AW World Tag Team Champions, Ricky Starks, face off against Sammy Guevara. And this match was set up because uh, on the next Battle of the Belts, uh, they're going to have Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho face Ricky Starks and Big Bill. Uh, can I say to, and this is on Saturday, it's going to be a street fight as well. Um, this is genuinely, like, if I was to put my money on a Battle of the Belts match where a title would actually change hands, I would put my money on this match. Like, genuinely. I think this could be one of the first Battle of the Belts matches in years where a title changes hands. And the idea that it could change hands excites me. That's that's what excites me. It's that it, it could change hands. That's all I want. I need reasonable uh ideas that uh reasonable like expectations of a uh, reasonable doubt yeah. yeah like when when you do a false finish i want to believe it you know that's what it comes down to when you hit the move that should have been i need to believe it and if it's like if i don't think the other person's gonna win yeah that doesn't happen so in this case yeah i have no idea who's gonna win no yeah i'm excited for it uh but these guys put on a damn good match uh what the like the like Sammy got dropped on the goddamn apron out like with something I can't remember what it was, but he got dropped on the apron and it looked fucking brutal. It looked like his face collided with the apron. Um, there was a great moment where Sammy tried to go for a moonsault, but Ricky basically knocked him in the face with his boot. Um, these guys did some really good stuff, uh, but eventually Sammy gets out of the way of the spear, knees him in the chin, which also looked pretty fucking ow, and then he. Gets a nice little thrust, thrust kick. He rolls him up with an inside cradle. Wasn't a great-looking inside cradle. It was honestly kind of a weird-looking one. But regardless, inside cradle, he gets the pin. Match was pretty damn good. Uh, then Sammy tries to offer his hand to Ricky to, you know, shake hands. He does. Big Bill then immediately blindsides him. And then Ricky is just like, this kid's fucking stupid. As he, like, you know, yeah, I shook your hand, but fuck you as he starts kicking him down. Uh, which is great. And then Chris Jericho comes out and uh, comes out with Floyd the Bat, chases them out, and hits a code breaker and Big Bill, and they uh, fight all each other. And then also while this whole thing is happening, Ricky and Sammy are still beating the hell out of each other. So now you have everything that's leading up to the street fight for the tag titles on Battle of the Belts that will be this Saturday. Um, this was solid, I thought. This was pretty damn good. Um, the one thing I will say, too, they actually did the right thing with Jericho's music. They skipped to the fucking pre-chorus after the intro and then, like, led into the chorus so people could get the Judas singing over with. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. normally they would just get through the, the first verse, which drags. I'm sorry, it drags. Like, when it gets to the Embrace by the Darkness, like, I know, I know the chorus is coming up. So we can do the singing quickly. Because Jericho's entrance is so long because you have to get through the first verse in the chorus. Yes, and they did it right because it was a run-in. It wasn't a exactly. Sing- it wasn't a sing-along with Jericho moment. No, exactly. It's I appreciated that. Um, like just a small little thing like that, honestly made made 
like you know it, it's something in the production level that like i'm very anal about but it like you know i'm glad they did it i'm just i enjoyed it but i'm excited for the uh the like i said the tag match on battle of the belts i think they like i said if i were to put money on a tag uh, on, on a uh, title match on a battle of the belts show where the belts could change hands that would be my one and again like i've said before if you're gonna call a show a battle of the belts you need titles to change hands otherwise what the fuck is this show um so yeah Moving on, we had the other uh, Brody Lee tribute match, which was the eight-women tag match, which had Anna Jay, uh, Chris Statlander, Thunder Rosa, and Willow Nightingale face off against the TBS champion Julie Hart, Sky Blue, Ruby Soho, and Soraya. Two things. One, Chris Statlander coming out and then having the guy who's had the sign that says, let Stokely Hathaway manage you. But then he, she lowers the sign, and it's Stokely Hathaway holding it, and then he, she, lower, she puts it back up. So fucking funny. So funny. This whole ordeal of just like and he she slapped the shit out of him uh on Rampage uh with this whole ordeal. Like I love this because again Stokely is just fantastic. Uh so the fact that he is simping hardcore for uh Chris Statlander and wants to manage her, uh it's very entertaining. I enjoy it heavily. Um and then like I said, the uh, addition of uh Dan- of uh Danny on uh the outcasts, which yeah, uh, she uh, she very much uh, is like like obviously Ruby Soho is not happy about it, and she's just kind of like I don't know what else to say, but she's crazy like, but also has her boobs out like crazy like it's like I don't know what to say. She's like she's just psychotic, but then also like you can't look away from her. Like I don't know, it's like kind of like like. Uh, what was uh sorry I'm mis- I'm I'm it's blanking on me but uh Chelsea Chelsea Green's character uh, yeah. beautiful mess yes. beautiful mess yeah that's kind of what it reminded me of a little bit but I, like, I, like I, more so like psych psycho beautiful yeah I gotta give something to Harley Cameron Harley Cameron yeah she tells a lot of story with just her facial expressions yeah she doesn't really have to say anything she has this her eyes are really kind of big so you know. He, you know, her eyes are big, so she tells a lot, like an overexpression, that crazy look. She does really well, uh, and I think she, you know, she definitely adds to this. And it was just like she was on there, and I've always been like that. If you got people there, use them. Figure out a way to use them, and I, I think she's doing really great in the role. So, um, I did like. I don't know if y'all know this on the the good the the, the face team. Thunder, Chris, and Willow all wore the same color. They stuck with the yeah. They actually and, yeah. And then Anna J said, "I'm Anna J. Fuck." It. And she just you know came out. And I'm doing. Own. I'm wearing my dark order stuff. Yeah, so. yeah. She's doing her own thing. And then so I just I did like that that you know they were on the team so they kind of geared up together. It, I thought that was cool. Um, maybe that leads to them tagging up more. Um, yeah, but you know, match ended kind of how you thought it was going to end at the beginning. Yeah. You know, you know, and and it was a nice tribute. The whole night's very nice tribute to Brody Lee. Uh, uh, shout out to him. You know, it, he just, you know, rest in peace, all that stuff. Because, I mean, he was an important part of... A thousand percent, He was yes. an important part of the uh, of that era where, you know, they couldn't go anywhere and fans couldn't be anywhere. So it was just like, he he debuted in front of no one, you know. And, and it, you know, he told a lot with his body, his work, and everything, and he left a lasting impression on AEW. So, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think he deserved it. We miss him it. every single day. Absolutely. He deserved it. 
Yeah, so these tribute matches did everything we we wanted from it. Uh, Yuta, Wheeler Yuta had some words for Eddie Kingston basically saying, like, you didn't beat me in the Continental Classic because I was busy on Rampage, and the Continental Crown is something that I want, so bring it on Rampage. So we get Wheeler Yuta versus Eddie Kingston uh, for the Continental for the uh, Continental uh, Crown, which is awesome. I think that'll be a really good match. And it's on Rampage! And it's on, on Rampage, Rampage. Yes. So you gotta watch Rampage this week. No, don't no. go look up the results. Watch it. Yeah, watch it. Actually watch it. We then had the Undisputed Kingdom come out. Uh, a, a, a match with uh, Roderick Strong facing the bounty hunter Brian Keith. Uh, honestly, match that I felt went a little too long. Kind of wanted it to be a little bit more dominant, in my opinion. But that's just me. But it was still a squash match that had a little bit more action from Brian Keith, who looked good. Uh, and then they, Adam they seem Cole, very high on Brian Keith. I mean, he's traveling. Way, he's yeah. traveling with them, you know. So yeah, exactly. they seem very high on Brian Keith. But I just I, I don't do the thing where he loses too much. Throw him a match on Rampage. Throw him a match somewhere where he can get some wins. Because you know, honestly, if you're on national TV every week losing, guess what you become? A loser. You become a jobber. Yeah. So you know, give him a, give him some wins. Yeah, I'm all for that. Adam Cole then proceeds to get on his chair while the Undisputed Kingdom is by him. And he goes, when I said this place was going to change, I meant it. Because so many people are concerned about earning your respect, earning the fans' respect. We do not care about you guys. We do not want to earn anything from you because we already deserve it. Roderick is a 20-year veteran. And as far as I'm concerned, the International Championship already has Roddy's name on it. And then Taven and Bennett, not only the greatest World Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions, but they are your current Ring of Honor Tag Champions. They've never gotten the credit they deserve. And then, of course, you got the Don, the monster, the dominator, Wardlow, one of those physical, vicious men in uh, AEW. Now that Wardlow's surrounded by people who actually care about him and respect him, when the time is right, we are going to win the world championship. Because, again, he's in another situation where he will win the title, but then he's going to give it to me, Adam Cole. And he said, boys and girls, say hello to your new home, or should I say your new kingdom, and get comfortable because we will be here for a very long time. Um, Adam Cole getting back into his heel shit. Like I said, I love it. Adam Cole is so, like I, mean, I said, we've we've enjoyed. This Adam is Adam Cole. Cole. Yeah. But, it, but this is this is the thing with Adam Cole. It genuinely feels more normal to me that he's an asshole on TV and a nice, good little boy on Twitch. Like you, you know the split. Having him nice all the time is. Fine, I enjoy it, but I like the split where you see him on TV and you're like, "Yeah, Adam Cole is a dick. He does all these mean things, bloody bloody blah." But then he's so cool and nice when he's playing games on Twitch. You know what I mean? So I like that. I like having that back. Um, and he's spectacular in this role. Obviously, I hope that his foot continues to heal up because uh, I do want him to actually do physical things with the kingdom. But having the ki- the the undisputed kingdom do all his dirty work continues to really be good. And again, since he was the mastermind wearing devil mask the whole time, it makes sense at this point in time. Um, but I do hope that he's able to be healthy enough to do physical stuff. Absolutely. Completely agree. Um, yeah. I'm looking, I so looking forward to when he's absolutely available, but I hope everyone noticed Warlow didn't come out wearing the undisputed kingdom shirt. Look completely disinterested in everything that was going on. The yeah. undistributed kingdom is a necessary evil for him. That is it. Yes. It is a means to an end. Yes. So 
it's again he 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 does not give a shit about this all. He, he's around people that cares about uh, that care about him. He's like, yeah, I'm not doing this again. I already yeah, know what this. Yeah, is. yeah. He's not making that mistake twice. Uh, the virtuosa Diana Peraza was interviewed by Renee Paquette and said, "I have my sights set on the AEW Women's World Champion. If she doesn't want to pretend, if she wants to pretend she doesn't know who I am, that's fine. Uh, she's gonna be reminded when I make my debut on Collision." To which Red Velvet comes out and says, "I'll be making my debut." On collision as well, and I say, get in the ring with me, and we can stir it up. So we get Red Velvet versus Deanna Perazzo for her first AEW match. I'm very excited to watch that. And then we'll go ahead real quickly and get into the main event of Dynamite, which is a tornado tag match between Darby Allen and Sting, and the Don Callis family featuring Kanosuke Takeshita and Powerhouse Hobbs with Jim Ross on commentary, and the Nature Boy Ric Flair out accompanying Sting and Darby Allen. Uh, this match was nuts, honestly. Uh, Darby being swung like a fucking like t- seesaw and being thrown in the air while he spins 30 times and then hits his head, head on the fucking ropes was absolutely insanity. Absolutely ridiculous. Like, I couldn't, like, it was one of those things I'm just like, what the hell? Like, what is going on? Like, the fact that that happened. Um, and then there was a point where he got, the 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 Takeshita roll in in the German suplex roll and then a German suplex afterwards literally thought he landed on his head. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs and uh, Sting were battling each other all throughout the arena, and then eventually they're on the stage right by the fans, and there are two tables by ringside, and he grabs him for the Scorpion Death Drop and fucking throws him through it. And I'm just like Jesus Christ, Sting, like. Sting continuing doing this stuff, like, I know we're getting close to him being fully done, but still, at this point in his career, it still freaking terrifies me every time he does stuff like this. It's, like, absolute madness every time he does these crazy spots. Um, But it was great. Um, And then there's a point where Darby Allin flies through the ring ring ropes and, like, crashes into Hobbs. uh, And then, eventually, as the match goes on, uh, uh, Sting, uh, like I said, after he does the Scorpion Death Drop through the tables, he then grabs Hobbs and he pins Hobbs in the ring for the victory. And that's a big win for Sting and Darby Allen. And they get interviewed real quick afterwards, basically being like, hey, Sting, so we know that you're going to end your career at Revolution, but who will your opponents be? And that's when the Young Bucks come out with these. It's awful- a super kick party. Yeah. Awful mustaches. Did you and notice the black and white? The sting? Yes. The sting? Yeah. I saw that. See, to me, I'm a stupid YouTube guy. I thought saw it as Unis Honest. You're not going to know what that is, but maybe some people do. I saw that as Unis Honest. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just took it as they were wearing Sting's colors. The black they were and white. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It seems like our match took closeout Sting's career will be Sting and Darby Allen versus the Young Bucks. Let me just say, I'm so excited for that. I think that will be a damn good match. Me personally, I don't know, but me personally, I kind of wanted it to be Sting versus Darby Allen. Same That's me. just me. Yes. I know it's kind of tough to have Sting do singles matches. I, I get that, you know. But that's just kind of what I wanted because I felt like Sting giving back to Darby, like having him be his final match and then 
Sting would go out on his back. Darby gets the win. And then, you know, great celebration of, of Sting's unbelievable career as, you know, the guy that he broke in with AEW. Like, Sting and Darby Allen were always linked. Always. Like, those two were inseparable. And having them wrestle to close things out, I genuinely thought, that's the way I want. Young Bucks versus Sting and Darby Allen will be great. It's not what I personally wanted, but it will be great. But for the love of God, can these guys stop being the absolute biggest pieces of shit? I'm you're, just... you're you're going to be shocked to find this out. I'm like, you're, I'm gonna blow your mind. You might ahead, just tell me. you might just hang up because this me. is gonna shock you and blow you. Tell me. I wanted it to be FTR. Oh my god, I can't believe it. <sighs> it's in Greensboro, North Carolina. I mean, yes. Who represents North Carolina harder than FTR? I know, I know. I mean, come on. That's, and I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> no, like, who represents North Carolina harder than FTR? It's like that would know, have fit more for me too. Like I said, like and like, and somebody, I, uh, Matt Coon, my guy Matt Coon, said the same thing. And everybody's like, they already had a match. I mean, do we, do we, do we have a rule? Is there is is there a rule that I didn't know about uh, Austin that uh, people only can wrestle twice? once? Yeah. yeah, I don't think that's how that works. Yeah, is, 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 this a, is this a rule that somebody threw out there? Oh, they can't wrestle again. And it actually makes more sense because who won the Sting? Hey, if y'all remember, who won the Sting and Darby match versus FTR? Sting and Darby. FTR yeah. says, hey, we can't let you retire with the win up on us. Boom, there's your match. Exactly. Simple. And also, doing it in North Carolina, yeah, where yeah, like yeah, we, yeah, it's yeah. Our, that's that's FTR country, yeah. and like we want, we have so much respect for you. We would be honored to be your final match. Wrestling is not hard. <laughs> you know, it, 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 and, people try to make it overly complicated. It's and, not and hard. Listen, people want to know my actual <laughs> thoughts about this because I'll piss a lot of people off about it. But yeah. I can let you know my actual thoughts. This sounds to me like the Young Bucks want street cred for being Sting's last match, and it's not because of like. It makes the most sense. They want to be the guys to be known as we wrestled Sting in his final match, which is completely fine. Like I said, who wouldn't want that? But to me, it seems like selfish decision. It, 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 it sounds I mean, like the EVPs wanted to be Sting's last match, whether it made sense or not. I honestly will say this. I will reserve judgment until I hear what Sting wanted to do. If he wanted, go. If he wanted him to be them, then I think Sting... Could have, should have been able to pick have, whatever. And that could have a thousand percent been the case. Like yeah, I said, like, I'm just speculating. Like, I don't like, know shit. Who haven't we wrestled? Oh, the Young Bucks. Cool, let's do it. You know? Uh, I don't know. Like I said, I, I, I don't know. Uh, you don't know what? Yeah, yeah. like I don't know what the right decision was. You know what no, I mean? No, and again, it's like I said, like the right decision. Be. The right decision is Ric Flair. Ric Flair can't do it. He no, just physically. That's the right decision. Greensboro, North Carolina, Sting versus Ric Flair. That was what started off. Greensboro, North Carolina, Sting versus Ric Flair. That's what ends it all. That that's the match. We can't do it. I we can't. can't. No, Ric Flair cannot impossible. wrestle. Did you see him just trying to get in and out of the ring? Dude, I'm that, telling yeah. you, I was terrified he was gonna fall. Yes, and it was like, no, um, no, I, 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 I mean, come on. I love Ric Flair, and, you know, all other stuff aside, you can't take away from how, like, none of that, what I've learned in my adult, can take away 
from him being one of the foundations no. of me being a wrestling fan. So, but dude, dude, I don't even want him doing what he did tonight. Like, no. <laughs> I, want I want him to be home. Like dude, I said, dude, it's dude. been nice to have it. Like, I know it's nice to have him around and, you know, yes. he's basically there just to wants to be there for Sting's final run. Yeah. I get that. Pro, I, I, I'm completely fine with it. But I want him to be home. Pro wrestling him owes him everything. Home. Like, owes him everything. Don't get me yes. wrong. But, like, what I saw tonight just made me sad. And I don't want to be sad when I'm watching her. And again, like I said, just closing things out. Like I said, I don't know anything. And I'm just telling you the way that it felt to me. Like I said, this could have very well been what Sting wanted to close it out with. But to me, it seems like the EVPs wanted just to be known as the guys that wrestled Sting in in his final match. That's what it felt like to me. It's Mm -hmm. a very pessimistic way of looking at it. But that's the way that it feels to me. Because otherwise... I don't get the reason why. Like, it just, there's no connections between these guys. There's nothing. Like, even with Darby, like, there's no connection there, I feel like. Um, There's more with FTR, and again, there's more, it feels more of a close-off match if it's a singles match between Darby and Sting. That's the kind of way that I wanted it to be. And then I have to go on Twitter and see Brandon Cutler tweeting about, like, "Uh, sources are telling me locker room morale is, incredibly high up now that the young books are back everyone's hugging and high-fiving and i'm just like shut the fuck up oh that's tongue-in-cheek i mean that's, i know i'm that's just like tongue-in-cheek does he has been doing it since they left so and i hated it ever yeah, since. no it's tongue-in-cheek and i can hate on brandon cutler because i don't care about brandon cutler. I, I, no disrespect i, I, I don't yeah. care uh, two jobs cutler i love that guy uh two check cutler i love that guy he was being funny. I know. And there's the there's the yin and yin, there's the yin and the yang. That's the set. That that's Floyd. That's yeah, his side of things. Oh God, no! Like my for, like it was funny. Uh, I always always tell this story. I I go in uh, to uh, Double or Nothing, the first Double or Nothing at Starcast Two, and everybody's like, "Who's are you gonna go six side to meet?" And I was like, "The first person I meet is Brandon Cutler." And they're like, why? I'm like, oh, Brandon Cutler's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I'm like, you, you mean, do you not see it? And I'm like, I love Brandon Cutler. So he's he's actually the first person, to, my AEW uh, turnbuckle pad, he was the first person to sign it. That's awesome. And yeah. I, I'm, I, I love that for you. I don't care about him. Yeah. Seeing I, him I, constantly I I mean, tweet he... and seeing him constantly tweet and just being the parrot for the Bucks. Like I said, in character, it works very well in character in kayfabe it works very well at pissing me off so i worked myself into a shoot if you want to say it like that no it's it's hilarious because like i said i i understand it's like with him it's like you know i you know i always i would fuck with people too because he's like you only got the job because the young bucks you're only there because the young bucks blah 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 and it's just no and he has every right to clap back yeah so he comes back and he fucks with people and it's it's kind of brilliant but um yeah no um i i I think he's i think he's hilarious i don't really have a problem with it being the young bucks in the tag team because i like the young bucks don't get me wrong they i mean it'll be good reset good build to that don't don't get me wrong they uh i think hangman and them set up the oh we're gonna do mustaches thing i i get it i don't like them and yeah, uh but no, that, that's the least of my worries honestly no, no 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 the mustache is the most important thing that happened tonight those are terrible yeah, yeah. mustaches they're, they need to get awful. rid of them 
They need to hear it of them. No, uh, no. Uh, that's, yeah, if if I'm going to do the wrestling fan blows up at something small, the Young Bucks need to get rid of their mustaches. <laughs> no, Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> no, but uh, I'm looking forward to Sting. I, I'm looking forward to what he does. The thing about the Young Bucks is if you if you say anyone is good at anything in this world, the Young Bucks are really good at making people look good. You know, when Always. they want to turn on and make you look amazing, you're going to good look amazing. Yeah, no, a thousand percent. Like, it will be a great match and all that kind of stuff. It's not what I personally wanted, but it's but I'm not saying that it won't be a banger. I think it will be a great way to close it out, just not the way that I would have done it. It's all I'm saying. And I'm pissy, and the Young Bucks annoy me. That's just how it is. I like them. And the reason, and the things they do that annoy me, makes it even harder for me to like them. But I still like them, so I'm just trying to make that as clear as humanly possible. But that is everything that we had for AEW Dynamite. Real quickly, before we go ahead and talk about some other real quick things, I want to go through what was announced for Rampage. Um, like we said, we're gonna have uh, the match between. Uh, Yuta and Eddie Kingston for the Continental Crown, which is going to be awesome. Uh, and then were there any other Rampages matches that were announced as well? I think there was a good amount, honestly, that were. Uh, there, Yeah, I, th- I was going to say, I think there was a good enough, a good amount of things that were announced for Rampage. Uh, and then, of course, we're going to have Julia Hart versus Anna Jay on Battle of the Belts on Saturday for uh, the TBS Championship. And then we're going to have the tag match between Jericho and Sammy versus Big Bill and uh, Big Bill and Ricky Sarks. Um, I think there was a couple other things that were announced on Rampage. I didn't see them, and they haven't tweeted them out yet either. So, yeah, there's oh, that. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get you quiet. Were, I, were, I, I, were you muted? Yes. Eddie Kingston versus Willa Yuta. Swerve Strickland versus Matt Seidel. Hikaru Shida versus uh, Queen Alma. Nada, the Dark Order... Uh, the Dark Order versus Matt Menard, Angelo Parker, and Jake Hager. I just went literally. All I did was just pull up the actual spoilers for Friday, and I just. Those right, are the well, thank you that, very much. <laughs> that's those are the matches that happened. Thank you. Um, so there's that for Rampage. Uh, we actually are gonna go through a real quick recap because there was a lot of AEW presence on Wrestle Kingdom 18. Uh, we already talked a little bit about it with Moxley and his amazing Red Hood uh costume. Um. I will just say firmly as somebody who um, saw bits and pieces of Wrestle Kingdom, but the one thing I made sure to seek out was Daniel Sen Okada. This was the match that we wanted at at uh, Forbidden Door. Yeah, match, I mean, this yeah, was this yeah. was everything we expected at Forbidden Door that would have been there if Danielson didn't get hurt. I don't care what anybody says; it's the best wrestling match I've seen this year. Yes. <laughs> Every time we get to a Wrestle Kingdom, I get to say that. And God damn it, dude. Those guys, best match I've seen all year. We're 11 days into the year. Yes. Uh, but no, I mean, Daniel Okada, please watch that match. It is so fucking good. Like, it's like a crime of how good it is. Like, seriously. And again, it just reaffirms that, like, if Danielson didn't get hurt, that match at Forbidden Door 2 would have been spectacular if he didn't get hurt. But it was unfortunate that it did. But I'm glad that we have this match. This is the true Danielson Okada match. Hey, hoping that Forbidden Door rubber match. Rubber match. Let's go, boys. Well, yes. No. Um. No. Uh, I thought this was great. And 
Go watch the entrances to the oh, yeah. other guy, which was John Moxley. Oh, first Okada's entrance was amazing. I, I don't even want to spoil it for you if you haven't seen it, but Okada's entrance was amazing. But go watch the triple threat that Moxley was in uh, with Mox, uh, David Finley, and Will Ospreay. Uh, Mox, uh, Mox, of course, I, I already said the Red Hood thing, but you need to see it on yourself. And then uh, Will Ospreay uh, uh, got uh, got uh, permission from the creators of Assassin's Creed, and he came out as Assassin's Creed character. Yes. So, again, as cool as they are, as athletic as they are, they're all fucking nerds just like us. Thousand percent. <laughs> also, side note, shout out, uh, shout out uh, Dolph Ziggler. He's in New Japan. Fucking Nick uh, Nemeth. Good Nick to see Nemeth. It. Yeah, the Nemeth brothers showed up. And They're reunited. And shout out to my boy JR who was at the show. He has done oh, yeah. something in wrestling that I have not done. He's been to a Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, and I know a lot of people have. And uh, shout out to JR. He made the pilgrimage. Uh, uh, I think this was Wrestle Kingdom 18. Yes, right, it was 18. So I've, I told the wife uh, that I'm shooting for Wrestle Kingdom 20. There you go. Yes, 2026. I want to be there. Um, do you want to run through real quick all the other AEW appearances in uh, Wrestle Kingdom? That was it. The, oh, those are the two. That was the two. Okay, I didn't know for sure because, like I said, I didn't watch much much of the yes. other show. And that's why uh, I was... Of the full show, I saw Moxley's uh, triple threat, and I saw the Okada-Danielson uh, match. And that, that was, was one and thing that, from that show that I had to seek out. And that was my joke that uh, Blackpool Combat Club hasn't been doing a lot of winning. Oh, no. Yeah, because uh, Mox, uh, Mox and Britton Danielson lost that night. Claudio lost. I don't think Blackpool Combat Club has won a match this year. I don't believe so either. Yeah. Crazy. How are you going to call you to your young boy? He's the, he's the only one that didn't know winning. That's <laughs> what I'm saying, dude. That's what I'm saying. Uh, but that is uh, our little uh, Wrestle Kingdom AEW stuff. Um, oh, for a full Wrestle Kingdom review. Make sure you yes. go to check out Keeping, Keeping It Strong, strong style. style with Young Boy. I listened. I listened to the preview and the review every year. And I, I'm not saying I don't listen to the show through the year, but those are too much listens. They also had their award show, their AEW Year End Award Show this week. Make sure you check that out too. Yes, Keeping It Strong style for New Japan reviews and content. You will never be disappointed listening to those guys. They will do significantly better than myself uh, when it comes to New Japan. Because there's only so much wrestling I have time for in the day. So those guys have New Japan on lock. Yes. Uh, finally, we're going to close things out with our top five live events in AEW history. Continuing our, uh, starting off our five-year AEW uh, top five stuff that we're going to be doing throughout the year. Uh, so we have our top five live events that we have attended in AEW history ranked. Uh, so, how do you want to do this, Floyd? Do you want to go five, like each of us trade off a number? Yeah, you yeah each of us go trade off a number, and let's go five to one. Okay, do you want to open it up? All right, my number five. Uh, it, 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 if you know me, it doesn't shock you at all. AEW Full Gear 2020. Um, uh, I My two favorite tag teams in the world uh, still to this day are FTR and the Young Bucks. It was it's one and two now, but it was like one A and one B back then. And ever since the tweet started that you know one day we're gonna wrestle in the world will rejoice, that had been my dream match. And it was like above all, that was my dream match. I think it was that 
and Cody versus Triple H at WrestleMania. One of these matches we know is never going to happen. But um, uh, this match, uh, yeah, uh, I had decided, I had been to all the pay-per-views for AEW, and I had decided that I was going to uh, skip full gear. And about two weeks, three weeks before it, they said uh, FTR versus Young Bucks. I, t- I looked at my wife, uh, my wife, because we had, yeah, we hadn't been married long, but I looked at her and it says FTR versus Young Bucks, and she was like, so when are you leaving? <laughs> and it was that simple, and yeah, so I got to be there for that match, it was like, there is, there's not a lot that's just like, a lot of wrestling is super important to me, it was super important that I be there for that match. Uh, I don't remember a lot of wrestling show, I believe. Like Cody lost the title to Darby at that show, but ah uh, yeah, TNT title. It, 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 yeah, FTR and the Young Bucks though, they they did their match, and I didn't care who won. It was Celtics gear, Lakers gear. It was literally everything to me. So uh, yeah, uh, that's that's my number five. All right, I will say my number five honestly is a flip flop. It could be this. It could be the other thing. Uh, so I'll real quick. I have an honorable mention, and it's Double or Nothing 2022. Okay. Uh, my honorable that's mention. My honorable mention. My honorable mention is the original All In. Okay. Because I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know if we counted that. I, 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 the only reason that's why it's an honorable mention. It would have made my top five if I was actually counting it. Yes. I wanted to yes. give it to honorable mention because it was kind of the. Uh, it was kind of the pilot for AEW, yeah. and so, that would be my that would be my uh, other honorable mention. Yeah, but the uh, reason I would have honor this also be one is a double or nothing twenty twenty two. This could easily swap in with my number five pick at any given point. Reason why double or nothing twenty twenty two. A CM Punk won the world title. Problem is that match is tainted because of you know why. Uh, but also, I got to meet one of my best friends for the first time ever that weekend. And that's my good friend, Jared O'Brien. Love that dude to death. He lives in California. I live in Michigan. We met online. I met him through his YouTube channel. We connected on social media. We've been talking for years. And then there was a time where it worked out where I was like, hey, we're going to this show in Vegas. If you can make the trip, I know it's not a long trip for you since you're in Cali. Uh, do you want to go to the show together? You've never been to an AEW show. Like, Let's make this happen. And we did. Uh, we all hung out. You got to meet him as well. I mean, dude is, like, one of the most genuine, amazing dudes that I know. Like, that dude is, like, he's, like, we talk about day ones. That's a day one for me. I, I, I love that dude to death. Being able to meet him, honestly, was better than the show itself, which the show was spectacular. Like, Double or Nothing 2, uh, 2022 was really, really good. Um, and has only taken a bit, bit of a damper because of outside bullshit. Um, but meeting him, like, at that show is the reason why it's one of my favorites. Because, like I said, enjoying it with him was incredible. I had so much fun with it. Your, mu- your music knowledge will go up 40% from what it is, <laughs> whether you consider yourself a novice or expert, just by being around Austin and Jarrett together. Dude, it, I mean, like, it's we like talk so much deep, music, dude. It's deep, crazy. Deep cuts. It's not like popular stuff. Oh, it's yeah. like you learn when you're around them. Like, through osmosis, you might not even care what they're saying, but it's just, uh, I always say this is the universal language of passion, and they love music, so. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that that dude, like, has such a vast knowledge. I mean, obviously, his dad is 
literally a rap legend. I won't get into it, but uh, he he's he's in the culture and like all that kind of stuff. And I mean, there's there's no dude that I know that like has more love and, and admiration for music than that guy. Um, even if he is a dirty John Cena fan. Anyways, uh, <laughs> my actual number five, real quick, All Out 2019. I mean, that one was a blast uh, for a multitude of matches. Uh, obviously, Kenny Omega and Pac killed it. Uh, and, and you sat behind some people that you knew, too. I did, yeah, yes. I yeah. did sit behind y'all. I mean, that was our first time on hard cam, dude. That's, a, that's one of the reasons, actually, it's number five. Like, I can know that, like, I was on hard cam the entirety of that show. And, like, I can load up the AEW video game, and they have, like, the eight, like the moments in AEW history that they'll go through when you play the uh, career mode. And, uh, like, when it shows the first AEW world champion being crowned with Jericho, you see us right there. So, like, literally, like, I'm in an AEW video game because I was on hard cam for the entirety of All Out 2019, which, again, was an amazing show. Um Still was the best presentation of Sean Spears in his entire AEW career. I stand by that firmly, uh, and uh, that match was awesome, even though I thought Sean should have won. That's just me, but Cody was awesome in that match. Uh, but it was a blast. That show was so much fun, and like I said, it felt like the sequel to All In for me, and the fact that we were hard camp the entire time was amazing. Um, and also being there for Orange Cassidy's debut was fucking awesome, uh, especially since we saw him at uh, Two Cup Stuff at GCW, Literally, like, the night or two before. So I literally that, had no idea who that man was. <laughs> that was funny. Had no, no I, we were going bananas. You can see us jumping up and down behind him when they cut a close-up to him. So that's my number five, All Out 2019. Uh, my number four, AEW Dynamite 1, uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, when the, the, the pyro goes off and Cody comes out, you see a big, excited black man right there, uh, Floyd. <laughs> uh, I think, uh, I think that was me and Tiffany's first trip together as friends. Uh, uh, we went. Uh, we she flew in from her city. I flew in from mine. We went to show with Dave, my friend Josh. It was just a great time, and it was just like this is like like I'd been to the pay per views, but this was major league. This was primetime television, uh, TNT, you know, I didn't get to go a lot of nitros because, you know, back then I was broke. So, I, you know, got to start over with AEW, uh, fun night, uh, formation of the inner circle, debut of Proud and Powerful. Uh, I believe Jake Hager too. Jake Hager and Proud and Powerful sure, yeah. debuted. Uh, it was a big night. It was everything. I think John Moxley put Kenny Omega through a, uh, like a like a table in the back, like a glass table in the back. It was yeah, no, I remember uh, that. Yeah, one of uh, yeah, it was a great night, a great night, and I'll never forget it that I was at that show. Yeah, no, that's that's a great one. My number four is Forbidden Door One. Uh, Forbidden Door One was such a huge like just moment in time in wrestling. Being back at the United Center, that place was packed and it was loud. Uh, the debut of Claudio Castagnoli. All of these talented guys that I had seen on New Japan. This was only my second New Japan show I'd ever seen. Like that was New Japan was on the billing. My first one was G1 Supercard at Madison Square Garden. Uh, so seeing all these guys, seeing Will Ospreay, and I got to be like basically ringside for a Will, Will Ospreay match with him and OC, who fucking tore it down. Like I loved that match. 
Sting jumping off the fucking stage onto uh, the Young Bucks and like Bullet Club, Bullet Club Young Bucks. I loved. Um, and dude, that that show was just filled with so much excitement. First ever crossover show for AEW New Japan, uh, and it just felt like a huge moment. Like it really felt like a moment. And being able to be there for that, and like it was so much fun. That show was a blast. Yeah, amazing show. And when you, it's not on my list, but when you see the show, hear the shows that are on my list, you will completely understand why that one didn't make my list. So my number three, AEW Rampage number two, the first dance. There it is. Um, yeah, CM Punk. Uh, we were. I'm literally scheduled to be in Chicago a week from then. And all the buzz comes down that it's going to be there. See Austin, Sydney, sit next to Jeremy. Uh, uh, yeah, Will's there. CM Punk literally jumps on in our group, and you see me on camera. Uh, yeah, it was amazing, and it was a moment that I'll never forget in wrestling. I mean, I don't, like, I don't remember the rest of the show. I don't. But that CM Punk thing, CM Punk, the chance start when that first uh, first sound of the music, I don't know music technology, but when that first sound of the music comes out, it was motherfucking clobbering time. And it yeah, was the first it, riff. Yeah. Yeah. It was, first riff. Yeah. It was um, it, it, it was amazing uh, moment that is like vividly remember right now. Like like I remember every part of that like 10 to 15 minutes, like going in the building, taking a picture with the Jordan statue. My first time in the United center. I've got goosebumps. I, I don't do that. I don't say that. I, I see the rock say it a lot of times. So I just got goosebumps thinking about that moment of CM Punk coming back. Yeah. And it's funny you say that. Cause my number three is the first dance as well. I couldn't put it any higher because here's the thing. It was a one moment show. Because, like, after he returned, I stood in line for a T-shirt the rest of the show. Like, by the time I had got my T-shirt that I was there for the first dance, uh, the show was over. I heard Justin Roberts say, thank you for coming. Drive home safe. Like, that's when I got my T-shirt. So everything else that took place after that, I did not see. Um, But, I mean, it's my favorite wrestler of all time. I had never seen him wrestle live. I had never seen him in a ring live. And I was there when he returned wrestling for the first time. Um, mm-hmm. I know I, I will say this firmly, too, because I know there's many people that are talking about, you know, his return on uh, the first dance compared to his return at Survivor Series that just happened a few months ago. I don't like comparing those two because they're two very, very different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, for me, just watching that back and seeing the tears in his eyes as he's like kneeling on the ground and he's just fully taking it in. Because this is a man that didn't think he was going to wrestle ever again. Regardless of what happened after everything that took place, you look back at that moment without any inclination of what was coming next. It was just pure joy in that building. I had yeah. tears in my eyes. I was like screaming so loud, my head hurt. Like I thought I was going to burst a blood vessel. I was screaming so much. It was one of the greatest experiences I've had as a wrestling fan. And if it wasn't for the fact that I stood in line for a t-shirt for the rest of the show, it probably would be my number one. But I can't rank it any higher than two. It's just not possible. Yeah, if we did top five, we might do it. Just top our top five AEW moments. 
for me, it would, yeah, it's one or two for me. Yeah, no, uh, it's it's one for me for moments for sure. Uh, yes. But I, I can't for shows. It can't go higher than three. It's just not possible. All right, my number two, AEW All Out 2019, first row, first time in a pay per view, yeah. first row, and the show was amazing. The world champion uh, done. Uh, Pac beats Kenny Omega. Uh, I remember that. Uh, but most importantly, so my favorite wrestler at the time, Cody Rhodes. Uh, has a match with Sean Spears. At the point, my favorite wrestler of all time, Arn Anderson, comes out. And something I literally never thought I would see happens right in front of me, 10 feet in front of me. I see Arn Anderson deliver a spinebuster live. Now, as a pretty much broke kid growing up in Oklahoma City, we, you know, Arn Anderson retires in, what, 96 or 97? He does his speech, and then I think it was that moment with Ric Flair and Undertaker where Arn Anderson hit the spinebuster. I wasn't there for any of that, and I was pretty resolute on the fact that I would probably go my whole life without seeing Arn Anderson hit a spinebuster live. It was like, I, you know, it was out of my head. And then he comes out, and then he hits the stance, that stance I'd seen what feels like thousands of times, and then he catches Sean Spears with the left arm and hits the spine buster. Like, my mouth's wide open. Uh, tears are coming down my eyes. It, 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 and it was it. And I was next to what would end up being one of my best friends in the world, Tiffany. Our first show, sitting next to each other. Uh, first row, on camera the whole night. Uh, rooting on Cody, Arn Anderson comes to the ring, Tully Blanchard's right there, Sean Spears right in front of us. Uh, that whole show, we're new world champion. I, I mean, I could keep going, but yes, uh, that that was it. And it took literally, it was number one until about five months ago. All right, my number two is Double or Nothing 2019. That was my number two. Uh, that show to me was just such there was such an air of like holy shit we're part of something like special absolutely first AEW show um and it will firmly like it will be firmly carried by uh two things one still to this day probably one of my favorite AEW matches of all time Dustin versus Cody that match genuinely like I can't even think of a way that it could have been any better. Like, it's still, like, close to as perfect of a match as you could want, I feel like. Um, and then, of course, John Moxley showing up. Like, that paradigm shift that it truly was when he showed up at the end of the show, like, shook the building. Place was going insane. Um, everything else on the show was very enjoyable. Um the only thing that you would say that wasn't was the original debut of the Dark Order. That fell like a can of bricks. Uh, that was awful. But they sorted themselves out afterwards anyway, so it was fine. But other than that, and like I said, it just, to me, being there for that felt so big. You know what I mean? It, is just, it was just such an enjoyable night, and I had so much excitement for the continuation of what AEW was going to be since this was really the starting point. All right. And number one for me, which I don't believe should shock anyone. Uh, I told when Tony Khan's like he wanted to do a show in London. 
Uh, and he said it many times and they wanted to do a stadium show in London. And I told anyone that would listen, I've said it on the show, their first show, their first show in London, their international show will be my first time in London and I will be there for it. And this is in, and this is me thinking it's going to be at the cottage or whatever, wherever, uh, Fulham plays thought it was going to be there, but I didn't care where it was. I was going to be there. Then they announced the show, Wembley Stadium. Uh, as a kid, 11, 12 years old, when Dynamite Kid and, uh, I mean, excuse me, I said Dynamite Kid, uh, Dave Boy Smith and Bret Hart at SummerSlam, uh, very important match to me, uh, very big, I mean, I have a, I have a bulldog named Winston, you know, because of Dave Boy Smith, and, uh, uh, yeah, so it was like the childhood dream. I was going to be in Wembley and I was going to watch a wrestling show. So I get to go to a wrestling show. Uh, y'all, y'all got to hear all the passport shit I had to go through. And then the, what month before I get find out that my two favorite tag teams ever FTR and the young bucks are going to be in there. And I got to walk into Wembley stadium, uh, in front with 80,000 people, the largest audience in, uh, AEW history. I don't even know when or if they'll ever break that number. Um, I don't come at me with the turnstiles. I'm just like, dude, most tickets sold in AEW history. And I was there. And I was with Dave. And I was with my friend Steve. And I was with all my friends from the UK that have been coming to WrestleMania for years. Years coming to WrestleMania for years. And I was like, man, when they come over there, I'll be over there. And I got to see it, and I got to hug, and it was funny. My, my friend from uh, Louisiana, Chase, was there. Got a picture with him, and it was just like, like that whole experience. London, the shows, even even the welcome party that didn't turn out the way I wanted it to, was still the best. And like, and when you talk about your favorite live events, it's probably my favorite live event ever. I mean, honestly, too, because All In, never. I don't think anybody's going to beat the original All In in my mind. But uh, that All In, London, yeah, I'll take it to the grave. When I, I'm old and I have Alzheimer's and I, I go I go back into moments, it will be like I'll be go back into that day and live it over and over again. Absolutely understandable on that one. My number one live event that I have attended for AEW, All Out 2021. It is the best AEW show they've ever done. Best pay-per-view, best show. There's not a better one. Like, it's top to bottom the best show. I mean, I got to be in the in the building when CM Punk had his first match back in wrestling after seven years. And I got to be in the, in the arena where Ruby Soho came back. I got to see all of a sudden, holy shit. Freaking Minoru Suzuki showed up and faced off against John Moxley. Holy shit! Um, I got to see Adam Cole's debut in AEW, and of course, I got to see Brian Danielson's debut in AEW. That was such a moment in time, and I feel like has been the true peak of AEW. Like I, the level of like, oh my god, this shit is like. In, it's not possible that this happened. It's not. This show should not have been possible, and it was. And being able to be there for that, like, was incredible. 
Like, it's... I don't think there will be an AEW... Like, it's going to be very hard for an AEW show to beat that. It's going to be very hard for a wrestling show to beat that. Like, you know you know why it's never going to be my number one or even in my top five? Go ahead. No, Cody. Fair, but you know what? <laughs> no. You know what, man? I get it for you, but I just can't. I, it's, there's yeah. no way it's not. Yeah, no, no. It was, a, it was a great show. It was a great it was show. so good. Like, that one will forever be my number one, but, I feel but, like. yeah. It's going to be hard to beat it. My boy wasn't there, but dude, Miro and Kingston, banger. Uh, John Moxley and Satoshi, it wasn't a bad match on the show. Wasn't a huh? bad match. Well, there was one, Paul White and QT Marshall, but that well, was fun. Well, yeah, I, 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 every, like I said, that was every, so clicking over with. Everybody, everybody needs to go use the bathroom at some point in life. Yes. <laughs> so, no, uh, no, uh, no, it was a fucking great show. It was a fucking great show. I could see why it's your number one. And yeah, um, no, it was it was a good night. That was a good night. Uh, yeah, we you know I think we got the pictures with the chairs after the show together. I think that was one of yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a double or nothing twenty. That was twenty twenty. Uh, well, I think we took a picture with the chair. Yeah, but you were the one that got me the double or nothing chair. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like no. Um, I'm a, I'm gonna love these top fives because I can remember reminisce about my AEW experiences yeah. and it's just this has been a great ride this five years it's not over it's not over but to to reflect five years is a good time to reflect and it's so funny because five years of AEW lines up exactly with five years of being married to my wife best thing that ever happened to me so it's like one of the best things that ever happened to me wrestling wise happened in 2019. One of the best things that ever happened to me in my life happened in 2019. So we are, yeah, I, it's going to be cool going through these uh, moments. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, I, yeah, it was a great show. That was a great show. And we've been at a lot of these together. You know what I mean? It's like our, our list is very, very similar because we were there together. And that means the world to me. And like you, you and Sydney are absolute necessity in my life at this point in time so uh yeah it's it's been a ride and i hope hope the people hung with this to listen to the top five because you know if you feel if you're up to it we're, we're gonna post it we're gonna post the show ever and we'll probably post i'll probably post a little quick version of our top fives on the comments if you want to throw your top five AEW live events you know that's the only thing. You had to be there. Because we're going to do our top five matches of all time. We're going to do our top five events of all time. But in this particular case, it's just ones that you were at. And, you know, uh, you, if you can't be in this one, you'll be in the next one. I promise. Yeah. You know, and it's like, yeah, I don't even, like, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll message you what the top five will be for next week. Because uh, I'm, I'm deciding through a few things but uh right 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 but this was that was that was awesome I, I i feel really good about doing this to end out each show absolutely uh i think that'll be a great moment to close things out for this episode of all things lead again we're gonna post this we'd love to hear your guys's top five events that you've been to in AEW. um again events that you've been to been yeah. live yes. and in person yeah we're gonna eventually do our best events uh in general and then our best uh matches yeah moments, yeah all yeah, that kind of yeah, stuff. yeah. So we'll we're get, gonna we'll hit get to all that yeah so if you can't be in this one because you haven't been to a lot of shows it, you know 
Don't feel bad. You'll be at the next one. We got you. Thousand percent. We got you. So thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of All Things Elite. Please rate, review, and subscribe, whether you listen to us on Google, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever it is. Rate, review, subscribe, and share us around. Uh, and follow us on Twitter at AT Elite Pod. You can also follow at Social Suplex, who make this show possible and have incredible shows. We mentioned Keeping It Strong Style. There's also so many other great shows Social Suplex has. Uh, so check those out and support those guys. They're all spectacular. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And with that, I will let my man Floyd. I will not be here next week, folks, because I will be in Orlando. Yeah, uh, it'll be I will let you know that from will, from Jump Street. So yeah, I will let you know. It will be me and Jr. And we're gonna kind of discuss his time in uh at Wrestle Kingdom and his time in Japan because I've never been there. So Hell yeah! I want to uh learn a little bit uh, learn a little bit about his experience. Of course, we're gonna review the shows, talk about the wrestling, but as the extra bonus, we're gonna talk about his time in Japan. Thousand percent. I'm yeah. super excited to listen to it. I'm so jealous that he was there. Yeah. Uh, but regardless. That's all I got, so I will pass it off to Floyd so he can take us home for this episode of All Things Elite. Oh, yes. Uh, thank you all for listening. First show of the year. Hopefully we did great, and uh, we didn't waste your time. Uh, we're looking forward to the rest of the year. I'm not going to be long-winded here because we've already kept you two hours, but I'd just like to thank you for listening. We appreciate you listening second moment. Uh, anytime you can, if you decide you feel it is Worthy or deemed, go ahead and press that donate button and kick us a little something, something. Let us know you love it. Buy us a double cheeseburger, you know? <laughs> no amounts too small. Uh, we uh, we appreciate you all for listening, and I'm going to leave you like I always leave you. Whether it is home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite. Happy New Year. <laughs>